to Multiverse OQ, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form, I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And we're covering Spidey. 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 Uh, but yes, this week we are covering Spidey numbers 1 through 12, uh, which was written by Robbie Thompson with Nick Bradshaw on the art for issues 1 through 3, Andre Lima Arujo for 4 through 7, and Nathan Stockman for 8 through 12. With colors by Jim Campbell and Rachel Rosenberg exchanging duties and letters by Travis Lanham, aka VC's Travis Lanham. Yep. And this takes place on a unnamed Earth, but not in the six one six. So using the Marvel Wikia, it is Earth TRN five seven six. And it's, I keep describing it as a picaresque series. Is that me using that term correctly? Um, sure. Uh, referring to an episodic style of fiction dealing with the adventures of a rough and dishonest but appealing hero. I wouldn't necessarily say that he's dishonest, but he's not liked, which is weird and which is like one of the two things I had issues with in this series. Wait, about about who wasn't liked? That Spider-Man wasn't liked. But it's the early thing. He's always not liked in his early days. That wasn't really a thing in uh, the Spider-Man movie, though. Yeah, not in this movie, but this isn't based off the movie. But like in early one, you always have Jameson shitting all over him. <sighs> early comics, it very much falls in line with the early comics. It just felt weird to me in a way. Such as the fact that everyone like... thinks that Spider-Man's the one who killed George Stacy. To the point where Gwen, Gwen believes that until she dies. But uh... No, that's like a very, very real thing. I know, I know. Okay. And even the Toby ones were borderline like that. In the first one, at least. Uh, on a level, I get it, but on a... It's one of those things that works best when Spider-Man is the only hero. Or, like, he's a lot more solitary, and we see him here eventually teaming up with other heroes. Yeah. Well, this was also written, too, but I mean, it's take, going back to the early comics, which back in those days, you didn't have as much of the crossover that you do today. Where you can't go every five minutes without crossing over someone. Well, and it's also something where it's like very much informed by current Spider-Man continuity. Yes. Like you see Sajani showing up, you see Cindy Moon. Oh yeah. But it's not like in the 616 or Marvel Prime, which is the worst. It is the worst name. It's still 616. Yep. In the 616. Yeah, like, they're all very much standalone issues for the most part, which is good. But, like, my big complaint is, I guess, I don't feel like there's a lot of steady progression in the series building up to an endpoint. It's just, like, 12 issues of a series, and some of them are very good, but a lot of them, it's just like, oh, we need to have a story where he fights Electro. Oh, we should have a story where he fights Doctor Doom. Well, it's building up, at least with the exception of a couple of them, it's building up towards the Sinister Six of the finale. But even that finale, 
Here's part of why I think that happened. Because it was 12 issues long, I think it was supposed to go on for longer. And it kind of needed to wrap up. It just kind of got ended with issue 12. I believe they will say that it was not just cancelled, but it was. Oh, uh, Marvel Now came out then. Yes. So. Because, yeah, this only came out like in about 2015 through... Actually, yeah, part of last year. So I believe when it wrapped up. Oh, well, there was someone posting Spider-Man Homecoming got cancelled. <laughs> uh... Nice. Okay. Um... But yeah, like, you have a lot of the old villains showing up, and I mean, not all of them have stuff that's, like, super worth noticing. Like, it's, if you want to have a good Spider-Man series to read to your kids that's all ages, that's, like, very fun and has more of a modern art style. Oh, this one's great. This yeah. is good. Like, I, I really like this series. I really like the art in, like, the first three issues, and then, like, most of the last 8 through 12. Those middle issues, the art gets really rough in some areas. Like, the figure drawing is just Agreed. not good. But it, to me, got even worse with the last couple. I thought everyone looked creepy. It was definitely more cartoony, but I think they were very much under a, uh, like, deadline. Oh, probably. But no, those first couple issues, though, that was some nice art. Yeah, the Nick Bradshaw Yeah, he, he was good. Yeah, so, like, the first one, he ends up fighting Doc Ock, and we, like, get to see his relationship with uh, Gwen, where it's established that she's going to help him with history because he's not doing nope. well on that and he's going to uh, help her with math because she has problems with that otherwise so Johnny also, is, is going to become the valedictorian and they don't want that also like there was really weird designs for Norman Osborn in this one just because he doesn't have that Osborn hair everything's weird when you don't have the Osborn hair yeah they made him a different skin tone which was fine with me but it was just like you need the hair you need the hair otherwise he's businessman oh for sure and like you could see that they're kind of trying Some... for it to try to like modernize it because let's be real the osborne hair is weird but but i i feel like it's one of those things where if you try and get away from it you lose it it's like yes or you lose what makes it special like with the uh, Superman underwear on the outside. Oh, for sure. And I did like how some of the early issues had like the cameos of different villains. Like there was uh, him fighting White Rabbit in the first mm -hmm. one. And he, and he Instagrams that fight. Uh, the second one had him fighting Kraven. Uh, the third one had him fighting Mysterio. And like the fourth one had him fighting a very weird looking version of Electro. Yep. When you get like a bunch of like but... really weird and random characters in the later ones too. Well, yeah, there was that one that had, like, the uh, double page spread where he was fighting the living brain. Yeah. Tarantula, Hobgoblin, Kingpin, and Kangaroo. But uh, let's get back to sort of summarizing these other issues. Yeah. The second one had, uh, like, this whole idea. That was another thing. Like, some of them had very, like, episodic ideas. Like, oh, this one's all about him dealing with his multiple selves. This one's about, or this one's based on life being a quiz. But they let that go pretty quickly. No, yeah, I would say they go through it for at least over half of it. Yeah, but then it's like gone, which I can. Well, it's about the get time too, them. about the time that um they really start pushing the whole Sinister Six plotline. Yeah, uh, but the second one has him fight Sandman, and he does the whole cement trick thing, which is like okay, like it looks really good. Oh yeah, it looks great, but. 
It's just like, oh yeah, we've seen this before. We have more flirting with Gwen Stacy. He makes Lord of the Rings reference. She gets it. He's like, oh yeah. The uh, third one, uh, Aunt May needs money, and Peter has to like balance everything in his life. He becomes a pizza delivery guy and notices there are a bunch of dinosaurs attacking. Figures the lizard is behind it. He tracks them down, has to fight the lizard. Lizard escapes. He tries to sell the dinosaurs to the Central Park Zoo. Yeah. And they don't buy it, but they suggest uh, selling Spider-Man pictures. And the Bugle does what the Daily Bugle does, which is misrepresent Spider-Man. Hell yeah. But Peter walks out with a fat wad of cash when he does so. Though, like, here's the thing. I don't get why the Bugle doesn't trust Spider-Man in this universe. Like, that's never really established. Like, we get that it's one of J. Jonah Jameson's things to not trust Spider-Man, but I feel like there has to be a reason established. We might have just not had the issue with his son. Hmm? You don't know. Because he's clearly been doing this for a little while. I guess. To me, it's this story was all about going for, like, kind of telling some early Spider-Man stories without the burden of trying to fit it in, like the Spider-Man, like, untold stories used to do. Of needing to, like, fit it in between actual issues. But there's still, like, the certain constants that are, like, the classic Spider-Man tropes that they want to keep. And let's be real. I, like, we're reading it, so we understand. Yeah. Uh, the fourth issue has him fighting Doctor Doom over some paintings, and there's this big whole plot where Doctor Doom has a bunch of Doombots fighting downtown, and Spider-Man notices that there's also uh, something weird happening at the power plant. He finds Doctor Doom there, and he ends up fighting him. And gets his butt kicked. A kid suggests trying to turn off the robots, and he's able to do so. And it turns out the Doom that he was talking to was actually a Doombot. But there is that like pretty cool, except like really roughly drawn, like interior slice panel where you get to see like this building that is being blasted oh, yeah. through. And then Cap gets the credit for defeating Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. And he gets blamed for the uh, museum damage. Yep. The fifth issue is one of those life balance issues. Uh, Peter's upset that Gwen is hanging out with a Flash, and Norman wants Peter to tutor Harry, and he gets a big old check to do that. Uh, later, when Spidey is on patrol, uh, he fights Green Goblin, who is trying to test him, and pushes him until he runs out of webs, because Green Goblin wants to know what happens. Uh, in the ensuing fight, Peter is able to, like, at least stop Green Goblin. He hurts his leg, Green Goblin hurts his arm, and the next day when Peter and Norman see each other, they're like, oh, that's what happened to my enemy, but you couldn't possibly be them. No, Spider-Man's not a boy. Nah, Mr. Osborne's a genius. Mm. He's not some crazy psychopath. And they kind of both brush it off. But very much like in the same vein mm. of when Lex Luthor has the supercomputer telling the Clark Kent of Superman, and he just says, nah, that can't be... Well, and I feel it's more of an ego thing that makes more sense when you don't have a mask on. Oh, yeah. The next issue, uh, issue six, Peter wants to ask Gwen out. He asks to fight the vulture. He accidentally asks the vulture out to the uh, formal dance while the vulture is stealing from Tony Stark. A.K.A. this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Man shows up to stop Spider-Man, who thinks that he was doing the thieving because of the Daily Bugle. Uh, Spider-Man chases after Vulture, Iron Man chases after Spider-Man, and they're able to stop him. S.H.I.E.L.D. and Coulson are able to arrest the Vulture, and Iron Man tells Spider-Man to be safe. And Spider-Man's like, do you have any dating advice? And Iron Man's like, I guess you really are a teenage boy. 
Go ask her out, kid. And Peter asks Gwen, but it turns out that Flash already asked her. So when Spider-Man goes back out, Iron Man's like, I guess you waited too long to ask her, but you know what would be great? What's that, Mr. Iron Man? Beating the hell out of Fin Fang Foom. So they do. Yep, how is that fully worth That's good, you, Devin. Good stuff. I can do any voice. Ask me to do another voice, Devin. Let's do the claw voice here in the next issue. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we have another one of the flashbacks where Spider-Man ended up fighting Chameleon, Scorpion, and the Spot. And he's still trying to deal with everything else, and that's when Gwen asks Peter to help tutor Flash. Flash is a dumbie. Uh, yep. Uh, Spider-Man ends up tracking a weird delivery to underground catacombs. Uh, runs into Black Panther, who is there to stop vibranium theft that is going on. Spider-Man doesn't listen and just charges in. They're able to take out the mooks, but then Claw shows up and he's like, I am Claw. You cannot stop me. I need that vibranium. And he's attacked with Sonic. And Peter realizes that maybe he shouldn't listen this time, so he learns how to dampen his ears by sticking vibranium on to it with webs. He takes out the claw, and Peter learned a lesson about listening, and back at the school, Gwen is able to convince Peter to help the Flash. And then the Flash gets all uppity, and then Gwen says, shut the fuck up, Flash. In the next issue, Peter and Gwen went as friends to see Raiders of the Lost Ark, but during the movie, the power went out. Peter tracks it and finds that it was Electro who was behind it, and he thought that he was ready, but Electro was ready for what Spider-Man thought he was ready for. And he gets tossed around, he ends up running into Gwen, and he's like, Hey, uh, it's me, Spider-Man. You know, you should really think about that honk, Peter Parker. And also, he is safe right now, so don't worry about him. And uh, he gets kicked down by Electro again, and ends up leading him into the subway, where he is able to make sure that Electro runs out of his energy. And then is able to punch him before he can recharge and turns him over to the police. He meets back up with Gwen. And they decide to try and do this movie thing later. And she's like, I guess it's going to be a date. Which is funny because gents never ever leave your date alone if the power goes off. Because that is rude as hell. Yeah, that's when you get to go and feel each other up in the dark. Exactly. That's what Tony Stark says. And then we see that Electro gets freed by Doc Ock, Sandman, Mysterio, Vulture, and Kraven. In issue 9, Peter fights the Green Goblin again and took some pictures and wants some more money. And he's unhappy uh, because he's not getting any photo credit, which I feel is maybe possibly illegal. This is actually the one part. This is where it started getting when we have these Daily Bugle issues is where I did, had it problems with it because in the original comics he didn't get credit because peter point blankly tells jameson he doesn't want credit for it and then we have the next bit coming up which is he leaves all upset craven comes in demands who it is and jameson tells him about peter which this part bothers because me. he thinks that craven was sent in by peter again but yeah. at the same time but he doesn't try to cover it up later that's the one thing that I've always at least loved about Jameson, which is as much of like as a dick as he can be. He he's sort of paternal to Peter. 
and even like all of his staff but yes but like he very much believes of i'm not going to tell you anything mm-hmm. like as we even get we even get the great part of the green goblin breaking in the fir- in the first toby movie where Jameson starts screaming that he doesn't know who sent, takes the pictures that they get sent in from the mail. Yeah. Anyways, he ends up fighting uh, Craven, who had tracked Peter down. Uh, they start to fight, and Peter realizes that he is being tested. Spider-Man's able to eventually web him up, but Craven escapes. And then the subplot was all about how uh, he wanted to buy a gift for Aunt May and needed more money. Jameson is unhappy with the photos that he that he got. But Peter found that on some of the old film that he turned in, there's a pic of him, uh, May, and Uncle Ben that he gives her as a gift. And we see that Doc Ock was, in fact, using Craven to test Spidey. Yay! Uh, in issue 10, Spider-Man is getting tired of being called a criminal, and we see that's where the nice splash with him fighting the living brain, Tarantula, Hobgoblin, Kingpin, and Kangaroo were... Uh, luckily, he runs into Captain America, who invites him to help and go on patrol, and Spider-Man is trying to deal with these feelings of inadequacy and not being treated as a hero. Captain America here, I'm not sure if it was just the art or whatever, just was unsettling to me. Well, this is nothing I'm talking about, I thought his art was the worst of the three, because I thought everyone looked weirdly not proportioned, kind of right. And everyone's faces was kind of creepy and like a borderline like there's like little like chibi doll type things. That might be it. Uh, anyways, AIM shows up with MODOK and they team up and stop AIM and MODOK. And Captain America likes Spider-Man as a hero. And the next day, Captain America is running and he sees the new uh, Daily Bugle headline blaming Spider-Man. So he storms into J. Jonah Jameson's office. And yeah, do you want to... Talk, oh talk yeah about i posted it to my twitter it's like my favorite thing which is him basically just saying i know what menaces look like i know what bullies look like and it just has him like focusing more and more onto jameson's like little hitler mustache and then the next page goes and it's captain america and spider-man save city from modok and spider-man's a great asset to new york and you see Jameson just staring at Spider-Man as he's reading the paper outside of his office and he turns around and he has completely shaven everything off. Yeah. And I do like that this ends up like sticking around for the next two yeah. issues. Like, the world is starting to go better. Uh, this was the issue that had the Remember Cindy p- poster. Oh, okay. Like on the first page. Uh, they end up having their final exam, and Gwen invites Peter and Flash for burgers afterwards. And Flash is a jerk and just spills his drink, or and Flash spills Peter's drink onto Peter's notes. And the teacher blames Peter for it, makes him copy the notes, and then tries to make Peter feel bad for being a victim. Yeah, because he doesn't know what's going on with Flash's life, which is some. Oh bullshit. no! Or just like having a bad home life does not excuse what you're doing. No, and like they try and equivalent, they try and make it like equivalent to what goes on later in the issue, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, not at Galactus all. Galactus ends up showing. Yeah, uh, Galactus shows up, and Peter wants to uh, join in the fight, but Scorpion shows up to fight Spider-Man, and he's like, "I'm hearing voices in my head," and Spider-Man's trying to crack wise and like cop and like stop him from attacking i'm also pretty sure that the thing is dead because you see galactus eat him in the background no he shows up that's right he's like you gotta clean up 
all this mess but uh yeah so spidey is fighting with scorpion eventually he rips off the tail and finds a pin that was put in the back of scorpion's head that was talking to him and it ends up exploding scorpion apologizes and spidey lets him go because it was like oh i guess you didn't know what was going on with me and you didn't know my struggles and we see doc ock was looking on uh, Spider-Man stops to help another woman who was getting mugged on the way, but when he shows up, Galactus has been defeated and Spider-Man is left to help with the cleanup. And the next day he sees that Flash's dad is the stereotypical abusive dad, but we see that Flash's studying worked out, so we got a C+, and Gwen invites Peter to the homecoming dance. But yeah, no. Having an abusive dad and then taking your abuse out on others is not the same thing as having a mind control chip in your brain. Yep. That forces you to try and kill Spider-Man. Nope. And then in the last issue, it is Homecoming Night. Aunt May ended up getting a full-time job working for the homeless shelter. Uh, Jameson paid Peter money early and gave him some extra money so he could go and run a tux for the dance. Look at Jameson, heart of gold right there. Peter gets to dance with Gwen, gets his first kiss, and then he has to run off. He sees a guy who needs help, turns out to be a hologram, and that's when Mysterio attacks with Electro, Vulture, Sandman, Craven, and Doc Ock. And as he's getting trashed, he reflects on how the day went, and he's able to be like, oh, well, this whole resolve thing is why I'm doing so well, so I just need to have a resolve to beat you guys. And because he never gives up, he's able to, like, pretty easily defeat them all on a two-page splash, which... Is like a really nice two-page splash, but it's still sort of a cop-out, I feel. Basically, it's... For all the build-up. Yeah, the, the issue was we were running out of time, and it was just like... To me, it's I would have much rather just paid the extra, like, dollar for, like, a double-sized mm -hmm. issue. Or just a couple extra pages. Yeah. So he ends up realizing that he never gives up. He retires his old costume, and then he rebrands himself as the Amazing Spider-Man instead of going by yep. Spidey. So, like, overall, I mean, I, I like a lot of it. Or at least... I like the series a lot. Those three... It doesn't really add anything new. No, but it was super fun and enjoyable just to read. Like, it was like, I was always mm -hmm. looking forward to it whenever this series came out, since I actually bought this one, like, month to month as it came out. Yeah, if you want something that you can read with younger kids who are excited about Spider-Man... This is easy, it's limited, it's probably collected in like two trades. Oh no, like for, honestly, this is probably and, the best uh, trade that you can get for people who are like interested in wanting to find something after the new movie. If you just like want to like dip your feet in without going for the full Spider-Man thing. Alternately, you can just go into like Spider-Man Marvel Adventures, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. And that one isn't and that one goes to, like... As easily yeah, available yeah. digital. There's that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was uh, our summary. Let's put this on Trials of the Multiverse. You ready, Devin? Let's do it. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to... Uh, what if Doctor Strange were an ordinary magician? I like it better than that. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to... Ben Grimm, the Thing Devil? Like it better than that. Uh, Peter Parker Nova. Like it better than that.
Uh, Hollywood Spider-Man. I like it better than Hollywood Spider-Man. I'll agree, but not too much more. I mean, Hollywood Spider-Man had some very strong points. That it did. Uh, Spider-Man Assassin. I would even still give it to a little bit over that. Uh, right above that is Thunderworld, which is comparable. Yeah. I think we can put it right above Thunderworld, right under Iron Woman and Cap Mary. Yeah, that sounds good to me. So our new number 36 is Earth TRN576 Spidey Universe. And we got questions in. Oh, and also I'll say this too. If you did enjoy, Luke, especially if you enjoyed this issue, they did just release Spider-Man Master Plan as like one of the little one-shots that they like to do right before the movies came out, and Robbie Thompson wrote that one as well. And he also and, wrote Silk. Yes, yes he did. And I'm still sad that's gone. But Nathan Stockman mm-hmm. also did the art for it, and he seemed to have gotten better because the faces were much better in uh, this one. Cool. And it also had issue uh, two of Amazing Spider-Man, which is how I remembered all that stuff about him at the Bugle, because that wasn't there. Okay, uh, so we had a few questions that came in. So the first one is from Classic Question Asker, and possibly multiple other people, Xavier Files, who wants to know, Why does anyone try and top Ultimate Spider- uh, Why does anyone try to and top Ultimate for young Spider-Man stories? Uh, spectacular really Spider-Man, the I think, is the best. Yes. Because uh, I guess here's why the thing. Why well, they try to top it? Because if you're writing a book, you should try and be better than everything else. Do your best. Yeah. And But, I mean, for me, the big thing me? is young Spider-Man. Because, let's be real, how many other teenage superhero stars did we really have? But most people think of, like, the classic Spider-Man stories. A lot of that starts going back to him as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Or even still through well, college. And, well, and they've tried making like knockoff uh, Spider-Man types, and none of them really work as well. No. So yeah, so I mean, for me, it's more of it's a. There's very few teenage superhero books on the market right now. I mean, really, we just have Ms. Marvel. I guess Nova. Yeah. I don't really read that though. Well, and uh, oh, I guess Miles. And uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. But do they like, like the teenage superhero stuff though? Uh, I don't actually know. I've never read it. Well, uh, and there's Champions though. I keep hearing horrible things about that series. See, there's a thing. I was talking with my comic shop owner. He said it was one of the best series Marvel's publishing. What I hear is it's what a 50 year old person thinks uh, like progressive politics and progressive superhero politics are. Like, have you ever read the old school Green Arrow, Green Lantern? No. Uh, stuff that used to be... Yeah. It's like that, where if you read it, it was groundbreaking at the time, but, like, this isn't even groundbreaking at the time. Gotcha. Like, the most recent issue was, oh, no, people like being kept in internment camps. Well, maybe one person does. But yeah, it it's uh, it's Probably a problem not good. with inconsistency across the uh, Marvel line right now with the whole Secret Empire stuff. Where yeah. on one level it's like, oh, this isn't as bad of as an internment camp, and then like in others, people are being openly experimented on and murdered. 
Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't actually know. None of my books have actually been touching uh, Secret Empire. I haven't picked up my books in three weeks. But only Captain Marvel kind of has. But even then, sort of, not really. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have a question from JJJ Bugle News, which is, why do people celebrate that masked menace? Because he's a wonderful hero. Because he's the best he's... superhero. Fact. Yeah. Uh, next, we have a question from Rev who's, Zachary. Who's your best superhero then, Luke? Uh, Superman. Ugh. there's a difference between best and favorite and like even who I'd like to read okay if there's a world ending threat would you rather have Superman go up against it or Spider-Man go up against it oh that's a dumb question and (laughs) Spider-Man okay uh, so Zachary Jenkins asks us, do you think treasury editions like, uh, this was collected in are worth the effort to store them? They are so big and thin. Was this collected in a treasury edition? Yeah, there was a couple. It was weird. I don't like those things. It's like I one of the... keep moving more and more to digital for books. But have you seen those treasury editions? So... They're like the ones that are like that super jumbo... Oh. Do you know what I'm talking about with the treasury editions? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now. It looks like it was made a lot for sale on, like, Target and Walmart. Oh, it's only two thirty four for uh, at Barnes & Noble. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, my store had it. And, like, I mean, it's cool, I guess. Uh, there's some stories that deserve it, but I don't think that the art necessarily in this one merits it the same way that it would for, like, Simons and Thor. Yeah. It was the first three issues, so at least from that standpoint, you had the the best of the art were the ones that was collected in there, but... Okay. Uh, trolling Twitter account, the Ghost of Warlock, uh, asks us, Query, would Spidey get along with Self? Yes. I think Spider-Man and Self would get along pretty well. Or Spider-Man and Warlock would get along pretty well. Does Luke run that one? No. Does Jen run that one? I don't... No. We were both uh, having dinner together when we uh, found that out. When the uh, account first followed me. Oh, weird then. Yeah. And it's also not Xavier Files. Is it James? See, I, I wouldn't think it I was mean, James because that seems like too much effort. <laughs> effort. <laughs> that's that's exactly what Jim and I said. <laughs> it's like, do you think James is behind it? No, no, it's too much work. He it would like post um, once, and then he'd just be like, "Okay, and I'm done now." <laughs> yeah. Uh, up next, uh, Legion Quest, uh, Zach Jenkins' uh, TV show. Uh, or Zach Jenkins' podcast where he talks about the Legion TV show and also comics, wants to know what other characters would benefit from a Hidden Years book like this. And it's not really a Hidden Years book. 
Well, when they actually, I will say this: when they first marketed that, though, they tried marketing it more like it was. And then they were like, oh, the continuity nerds would probably hate us for this. Well, basically, yeah, because that was actually the first thought. Because when I said it to you, you were like, oh, that takes place in 616. I was like, it fucking well better not be, because my Stanley signed issue first appearance of Gwen Stacy met when they were in college. God damn it. Can't change that on me now. So what I would like to see is Iron Man. Like, I don't think we've really had a young era Iron Man series in a while. Well, we kind of had. Well, not for a while, but... Here's the thing. When like, people say on? words like Teen Tony, that makes people cringe, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That then led to Heroes Reborn. <laughs> they had Since to reboot an entire soon. fucking universe because of what Teen Tony did. But, like, in and of itself telling like early era spider-man stories i don't think is bad no well the bigger issue too is which characters were teen superheroes because i mean like when you really think about which ones they do they do the x-men they do spider-man they do the ones that were teens when they started being superheroes well like if you're trying to just do like like teen like teen tony i think might might be able to work but i mean like well some of them it's just like well i mean what did you do you just you were just a normal person yeah like there's not as much of a progression that you have there is that what you're going yeah it's like today i went to school today i went to try it up for the field hockey team i i think with tony you could make it about like him dealing with ptsd and also, like, trying to deal with the attacks that happened uh, that, like, led him to getting captured and, like, getting reacquainted to the real or to the uh, normal world while also trying to build this whole superhero persona. Yeah. Like, do that as an alternative to, like, just straight up, he's a party boy or, like, have that party boy be part of a not, like, an entirely disaffected persona like it is for Batman, for example. Yeah. Actually, the person I'm thinking about who doesn't have one who could use one is Thor. I'd be down to see some young Asgardian adventures. There was the uh, TV show. There was? Or the uh, movie. Oh, the movie? Yeah, I saw that one. That's okay. But you yeah. can do more with that. Get some teen Enchantress. Yeah. Get some teen Warriors 3 and some teen Lokes. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, maybe that's going to be part of my plan for the Asgardian adventure. There we go. Yeah. And then, obviously, okay. I want to know what um, happened to Teen Cindy Moon when she was just sitting in that bunker for ten years. Just like a little one-shot issue. Teens in a bunker, I know. I know, it's very serious. Uh, yeah, I mean, those are the main wing. Those are the main ones that I can think of. I mean, what other big Marvel heroes are there? I mean, you can't really... I guess you could do an early Daredevil Adventures, but, like, those would only be, like, oh, a lot more swashbuckle with a bit more uh, law stuff, and then it gets super dark. Yeah. 
Like, you can't end at a higher point than when you started. The progression just goes from colorful to dark. Mm-hmm. I suppose I could do a teen Black Widow book. Of kind of, like, leading her up to that life. Yeah, except, like, but then I get her weird. back... Well, yeah, because there's so much stuff about her being, like, mind-controlled. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this guy you're in love with was trying to use you. This guy you're in love with was trying to use you. I think you could do a better one if you didn't have to stick so much to continuity, but that's where, like, a secret year's problem comes into yeah. play. Well, yeah, so I feel like if they're going to do it, they should actually just do it more like what Spidey did. Of fu yeah. continuity, like still ke- like or it's a clean universe. clean universe, but still keeping like all the main stuff that you know. Uh, sort of like the season one books yeah. in a way, except continuing. Yes, exactly. And some of the season one books are really more good. consistently good. Oh yeah, I love that Wolverine one and the X Men one. And I like the Spider Man one. And the Hulk one was pretty good. Yeah, Hulk one was good. An early years of Fantastic Four could be good as well. Yeah, it could be good. The problem with Fantastic Four is that they always just revert back whenever a new writer comes on. Yeah. So they could do early. Well, it's gone. Remember the Daredevil one? Is that good? The no, it was bad art and bad story. It was uninteresting. Because it was too much of the law stuff and not enough of the oh, heroic yeah, stuff, and also the faces were awful. At the end, wasn't it? I think so. The Doctor Strange one, that, was, that one was actually good. Oh yeah, the Doctor Strange one was really good. Because that was like a very good yeah. art team, and they made the uh, Wong stuff less yeah. problematic. Yeah, they had like a good like friendship going there. Mm-hmm. It was like an equal yeah. partnership instead of... You were serving, boy. Jerks. They did it more like what they were kind of going for in the new movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. comics. Uh, let's see my big old line of stuff that I want to put into X out eventually and see if that gives us any more ideas. Uh... early adventures of namor uh an early guardians of the galaxy series would be sort of hard to do since the team as it existed has always exist has only existed in comics so there isn't really a gray area because they like formed in the second annihilation series uh they've tried doing captain america ones and so the question there is like is it going to be world war ii cap or just unfrozen cap Justin Frozen Cap. That's the thing. I feel like Justin Frozen Cap is way more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So especially like, now because be let's be real. They... I always thought it was kind of really stupid when he was always complaining about how different everything was when they brought him back in the original series. It's just like, mm-hmm. sir, you've been frozen for like fifteen years. Things have yeah. changed, but things haven't changed that yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be fun. Like. Him getting used to this whole new world. Um, yeah, no, that would be like a really fun one. I know they wanted to do a World War II series or Brian Clevenger was going to write it, 
but then when Thor the Mighty Avenger failed because comics readers are awful, yep. uh, they they turned it into a one. Yeah. Um. No one cares about the Inhumans. Too uh, true. Even though Marvel keeps telling us Marvel. that we do. An early Miss Marvel, like a Carol Danvers book, yeah. could be good. Uh, where, where are the power pack these days? Dead? Question mark? In our yeah. hearts. Maybe, uh, yeah, I've got Agents of Atlas on my, uh, chart. Of course you do. Mm-hmm. Let's see, where are the power pack these days? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, the last time they appeared was in one of the anthology series where they were going off to college. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. That was a fun one because it was John Allison writing and drawing it. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, why, why is this uh, not One of them showed up, I guess, during Avengers Academy. Like, yeah, and they were... Uh, Alex Powers was part of the Future Foundation. Oh, okay. Let's see who. Else? Anyways, um, well, I think we're sort of good here, and we're getting to the. Well, actually, personally, fine. Last one. I would say I would like one of um, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. Okay. Yes, I like would what like led them well. to becoming part of Magneto's Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Or even like post that what. Like, you could do an Eras sort of book there with, like, them on the Brotherhood, or, like, them before the Brotherhood, them in the Brotherhood, them post the Brotherhood, them with uh, the Kooky yeah. Quartet. I'm leaving all that to go be an Avenger. Mm-hmm. Well, that was what the Kooky oh, yeah. Quartet was. Uh, but, yeah, that wraps us up for this week. Next week, is that Heroes Reborn? I think so. If so, I've got a bunch of reading to get on. Uh, next week. Oh no, no! Next week is Valiant okay. High. With uh, which was written by a friend of the show, Daniel Kibblesmith. So, uh, I'm looking forward to that one because it's short. And then after that, we're doing Fantastic Four, one, two, three, four, and then Heroes Reborn special okay. at the end of the month. Yeah, we can easily do that. So, yeah, we've got time to read all the yes, Heroes like, Reborn. Oh, man. Still. I read the Iron Man yep. one like forever um, ago. That was it. Multi- uh, so Multiverse of Q is a weekly podcast. We are sponsored by our Patreon subscribers. For as little as a dollar a month, you get bonus episodes. Uh, we recorded an episode for this week where we talk about Spidey along with my trip to New York City. You also get episodes of Exiled a week early, whenever possible, or at least early. And uh, other stuff, uh, like a more direct line to reach out to me, though literally it's pretty easy to find me. You can find me at, at Coltreg or at LukeHair.com. Definitely where can people find you online? And... But you can hear both of us also on the Exile podcast. Awesome. Well, I feel like that this was, was a good episode. I didn't have too many notes. You took notes. 
and we've got an image gallery that will be yeah. going up tomorrow on the day this goes up. We're back in the oh, group, yeah. Devin. Ha ta 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 ta. And I'll have a new computer, so uh, we'll follow have us potentially at better sound quality. Nice. Until next week, this one's for Hank.